The treatment of a former All Black by World Rugby has been slammed as biased ahead of next month's Rugby World Cup. Centre George Moala played for New Zealand in 2015 and 2016 before switching to represent Tonga. Moala has been handed a five-match ban for a dangerous tackle, ruling him out of the World Cup, whereas England's Owen Farrell has avoided a ban for a similar tackle and will be free to captain his country at the global tournament in France. And we're joined by sports reporter Felicity. Read. Okay, Felicity, how have people reacted to this? I mean, are the incidents same same? Yeah, there has been a bit of an uproar around these incidents, and it is a little bit the closeness and timing and the similarity of the tackles has meant there's been inev- inevitable comparisons. I think most people who have watched it would say that Farrell and Moala are both needing a ban for these tackles. That would say that that would be worthy. These are in games against Wales and Canada, and so this is basically part of their build-up to the World Cup. And it's the fact that the independent panel have actually overturned Farrell's red card, freeing him up to play in the World Cup and in any lead-up events for England, but have given Moala this ban, which has really upset people. And also put some context around that as well, is that Farrell has actually been in trouble quite recently for dangerous uh, tackles with getting red cards. So if he was banned, that would actually be his fourth ban for a similar type of thing in five years. Whereas Moala, is, this is actually just his first offence. He has a reasonably clean disciplinary record, which has raised people's hackles as well. So there are five former All Blacks who have condemned the decision, and this is them accusing World Rugby's judicial system of being biased in favour of Tier 1 teams. So these are key Pacific players that are calling this out. That's the likes of Peter Aki, Malakai Fikatoa, Lima Sapawonga, Stephen Loatoa. They're all questioning about what the difference is between these two incidents and the way that these two players from very different parts of the world get treated by world rugby. This is also coming from the other side of it, is that former England coach Clive Woodward has said that the decision to overturn Farrell's verdict was mind-boggling. So it is from both parts of the world that people are saying that these two incidents and the way that they've actually turned out at this point is a bit of a confusion. So... There was an all-Australian panel who actually overruled Farrell's decision, and they're saying overseas that because Australia and this part of the world are perhaps lagging behind in the way that we treat player welfare, that has contributed to the way that they probably saw that Farrell's incident wasn't considered, I guess, dangerous or concerning for the player that he actually tackled there. And so other former players have said that, though, that they think this was actually the right decision. So there is a little bit of split decision around there, but Farrell actually might not be off the hook yet because World Rugby are looking to appeal this decision as well. Okay, let's move on to swimming. And a Swimming World Cup event in Berlin is going to be the first for transgender competitors. Tell us about this. Yes, the World Cup in Berlin in October will have an open category, which is the first time that a World Aquatics event has had this. So last year, swimming's governing body uh, ruled to restrict uh, transgender athletes in women's competition. So that would essentially ban them from competing in the Olympics or World Championships. And this is then turned around now. This open category is basically to mitigate that, an opportunity for swimmers who fit into that category to compete. And this is actually coming across the 50-metre and 100-metre events at this World Cup across all strokes. And in a World Aquatic statement, they said this pioneering pilot highlights the organisation's unwavering commitment to inclusivity, welcoming swimmers of all sex and gender identities. So to actually compete, participants do need to be affiliated to a national federation, which could then obviously be a stumbling block for some of those people wanting to take part. Thank you, Felicity. That's our sports reporter, Felicity Reid.